0: They've now passed 50,000 users, 3.5 million bucks raised with a team of 10 up in New York City, doing between $1 and $10 million in transaction volume per month. And again, they help you create individualized debit cards per merchant account you're checking out with online, be it Amazon, or not merchant account, but per merchant. So it could be Amazon, Nordstrom, or anything else. This is episode seven forty three coming up tomorrow morning. You'll learn from Jessica Lee. Companies pay her ten to a hundred thousand dollars to text their customers' funny messages. But what's the product exactly? Hello, everybody. My guest today is Bo Jang. He's the co-founder and CEO of Privacy.com, a new way to transact online without sharing your credit card number or PIN. He previously worked on mobile products at Hatch Labs, which was the venture studio that incubated Tinder, and Pixie TV, which was acquired by Samsung. He holds a BS in mathematics from MIT. Bo, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes, I am. All right, so you go from dating app to privacy how the hell does that happen
1: yeah so it's, it's an interesting story um i uh, i've always been kind of interested in bitcoin and cryptocurrency and that's where uh, the idea for privacy.com kind of came from um saw a lot of things that we liked about bitcoin um and a lot of stuff that wasn't really fully there uh for bitcoin as a currency for transacting um so, so it was really kind of a side project there that you know sprouted into uh what we have now
0: what would you pay for privacy.com uh
1: we actually didn't uh pay anything for it uh so we were fortunate uh, early on uh we uh, reached out to the owner of the domain he really liked what we were working on and uh, agreed to sort of treat the domain as an investment in the company
0: got it and, and can you give me more detail on that i mean did you did you say okay we just closed our million dollar round i'm gonna have you putting in a hundred grand of the round and but you don't actually have to put in the money just give me the domain was it like that
1: um yeah yeah i mean it's it's it, that's, you know, pretty much, you No,
0: know, give me, give me, give me, give me specific. Here's why, because people are always trying to negotiate for domain names and a lot of times people make the mistake of actually just paying cash and it, and it handicaps them. You, you have kind of a genius insight here and you figured out a way to kind of do it without spending cash. Can you give us more detail?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I, I think the way I would pitch it is, um, the domain is an is an asset, and it's appreciated in value certainly, but it's not gonna, uh, you know, 10x in value, uh, or 100x or 1000x in value, like a startup equity potentially could. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that that's really kind of the sell, where you have this asset, it's not it's not really a pre, it's you know i you know i don't really know what what domains appreciate that but it's certainly not gonna grow exponentially yeah. and that's that's kind of the uh the hook there and did you they're, they're give selling.
0: did you give the previous owner more or less than 10 percent of the company
1: less than 10 percent.
0: got it okay good let's talk more about what it does so so what is privacy.com for those of us that don't understand crypto or privacy laws take us to that level what's it do
1: yeah absolutely so we have a browser extension a mobile app It basically allows you to generate a brand new, unique card number uh, for every purchase you wanna make online with just one click. So our extension automatically detects the checkout field. Uh, You go click the button and boom, it fills in the card number CVV expiration date. Uh, what's cool is you can use any name, any billing address, uh, you can set a limit on that card. Uh, so the implications as a user is that, you know, you never have to worry again about your info getting leaked in a credit card breach, uh, shady merchants or, you know, subscription billing that you forget about.
0: So you're literally creating a new virtual credit card for each checkout of a user. Is that accurate?
1: yeah it's a it's a debit card actually okay uh, it's linked to your checking account
0: oh so it is yeah. linked so so how do you make sure yeah. that communication can never be hacked or stolen
1: um so there, you know there's no way to ensure that uh some anything is like completely unhackable uh that's that's um so you know we we do take um, Best practices and security measures to ensure that you're, yeah, you know, that we don't get breached. Yep. Um, ultimately, what we say is like our focus as an organization is your security and your privacy. Um, that's not always the case uh, at merchants that, that uh, you shop at online.
0: So, just to bring this down again, so everyone can understand, if I, I'm Nathan Latka, I shop on Amazon.com, Nordstrom, and HelloFresh because I get my food from there. You'll basically, if I'm using, you will generate a unique debit card for each of those different merchants that I, that I work with. And, and I can create new ones as I, as I purchase from new merchants. Is
1: that accurate? That's accurate. Okay. Uh, the other thing is that, uh, those cards can't be used anywhere else. So if you have a, uh, HelloFresh card, um, you know, someone gets a hold of that card, they can't use that card anywhere else.
0: Got it. Okay. How do you make money?
1: Uh, so we make money off, uh, interchange. Mm. And, uh, for those of you who don't know what interchange is, uh, uh basically every time there's a transaction on a privacy card, the merchant pays a fee to Visa. Uh, Visa shares
0: this fee with the bank and the bank shares it with us. So let's run through a hypothetical here. I have privacy I'm using a privacy card on an Amazon checkout for a hundred dollars. What do you get of that?
1: Um On average. A, it's yeah, so let's on average, um it, it gets very messy, yeah. but um, without doing too much specifics it's about one percent
0: okay got it so and and that's dependent on the bank fee the amazon fee the visa fee was it was an amex like all that stuff
1: yeah there there's uh, there are tons and tons of sort of uh, folks that that are in the in the transaction process. So,
0: so is it kind yeah. of a key metric for you, obviously, driving use is important. but the more volume you're processing, the more leverage you have with all those other people who take fees where you can try and take more of their fees for yourself. Is that I mean, is that an, is that a growth strategy you're focused on revenue wise?
1: Yeah, so so I think it's interesting, right? We have the or or' venture backed so we have the how much have you raised? Uh, Three and a half million. Okay. Um, And... So, so, so the benefit of, uh, of this is we can focus on obviously transaction volume is how we you know grow our revenues right now um, but at the, at the end of the day um, we want to keep our users happy right and one metric that we look at internally is uh, you know how much have we saved people in unwanted fraudulent or unnecessary charges to date mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's something that, that we're, we're pretty proud of
0: that's so hard to measure though because you I guess you just take a, an average cohort of people using regular credit cards you say X percent is typically fraud, and then you just assume for that same cohort using you, you're saving that same amount of money. Is that right?
1: Well, so we look at like what, uh, we look at like declined transactions, essentially. So, you know, if you use that card at Amazon, and then now it gets used, you know, somewhere else, um, you know, sometimes it's user error, but uh, we, we, we do a pretty good job of cutting that out. So. Yeah, m-
0: meaning um, if somebody got your card somehow, your number, and they try and use it in Bolivia on a banana truck stand, right, and it gets declined, you see that as, okay, we just saved them from being, you know, frauded out of 20 bucks.
1: Exactly. Got That's it. Right.
0: Very interesting. Okay, um, <clears throat> so you raised $3.5 bucks. When did you launch the company?
1: Um, so company is founded in 2014 we launched officially um in a beta about a year ago uh, so just it takes some time to get to market with the financial services company oh. um that's uh,
0: and what are you guys at today and tra- i don't know what the key measurement is for you is it number of transactions per month or number of users or amount of transaction volume what's the number you care about most
1: yeah um you know, I, I think we measure we measure a bunch of metrics. Um, we're at around 50,000 users right now.
0: Okay, and have every one of those users processed, caught at least a $10 purchase out using a privacy purchase using a privacy card or no?
1: Um. I'd have to, I don't, I don't think every single one has, mm-hmm. um, but I, I don't have a specific number well,
0: right people, now. People like, so uh, what I always, one thing I always try and do on the show is people tell me user numbers and, and like mm-hmm. half the time they're all free users. So like, it doesn't mean anything because they're not actually getting value. So, so how many people have gotten value using privacy, like, and however you choose to measure value?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think maybe, maybe a better way of measuring that is uh based on our transaction volume okay. which has basically been growing you know double digit month over month since uh since we launched uh about a year ago
0: have you broken so. a million in a month yet yeah oh that's yeah. great 10 million uh, yeah.
1: uh we haven't broken 10 million yet. but you right. will soon right we're, we're planning to do this after
0: the show it's gonna take off like you've never seen before and you're gonna go i owe nathan a steak dinner <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> all right, very good. So doing between, we'll call it a million and 10 million bucks a month in transaction volume. 50,000 users that are using you to some degree, maybe obsessive, maybe some of them haven't used it at all. but I think yeah. we understand it here. Tell me more about the makeup here. So so what's the team size? The
1: team is uh, the team is 10 right now.
0: Okay, 10 yeah. folks and where are you guys based?
1: uh we're based in new york city we have a a semi-distributed team so um some folks in uh in uh portland oregon some folks in florida um yeah
0: got it very good and then is there other any other way you make money besides that about one percent on your transaction volume or no
1: um not right now we're thinking about offering some premium features as Mm -hmm. well but uh the the idea is to keep the core product you know always free
0: yep and just so people obviously will be doing this because you gave me both these numbers but if you've broken a million bucks in monthly transaction volume and you take one percent it's fair to say you guys are doing at least 100 or 10k per month in revenue yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair. very cool. All right. Take me back to, to, to I dove right into the numbers here, because this is an interesting space, but I want to get in your head a little bit more about your backstory. So you launched this in 20. I think you just told me 2014, but you really went public in 2015. What What? so before that? Were you actually at Tinder? Or were you just inside of Hatch Labs and IAC?
1: So, so I was um, I was inside of Hatch Labs, um, and it was kind of cool to see uh, Tinder really take off, uh, but I wasn't actually working on the team. Uh, so that, that was kind of my first exposure to something that uh, was growing really quickly, even though I wasn't on the team. Why'd it work? Um, you know, I think a lot of it just came down to... Um, Having the right product at the right time uh, and being uh, really persistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's one thing that uh, people kind of uh, take for granted. But uh, even in the early days, I don't think it was like totally uh, a no-brainer that Tinder was going to be a huge success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, it, there was really a lot of iteration and pushing uh, to get to get it to you know take off.
0: Mm-hmm. What was it like inside of Hatch Labs?
1: Um, it was cool. So Hatch Labs is a venture studio, um, or was a venture studio. Uh, and basically they had, uh, you know, between five to 10, uh, projects running at one time. Uh, they were all mobile based, but they kind of spanned everything from, you know, messaging, to um delivery to dating obviously um it was in, it was a part of iac so there was kind of the benefit of being like a smaller organization uh that was super nimble and uh, fast moving inside a uh, well-funded well-staffed uh, larger company
0: and what percentage of uh, did, did iac take of any hatch lab company including the one i assume that you were working on
1: um I don't think that's a number that I can disclose, unfortunately. Oh, is
0: it not? It's not like a typical accelerator where they put in 125 grand and take 5% or something like that?
1: No, it, it was a, it was a more hands-on model. And I think it was something that was negotiated on a company by company basis. Got it. Um, so, you know, they, I think they put in, uh, you know, closer to a million dollars.
0: Okay. Got it. So they're, they're, pro- they're taking more obviously than that. Right. Yeah. What did yeah. you, did you ever get into a project that matured enough where you had that conversation or no?
1: Uh, no. Okay. So I actually left Hatch Labs um, a, bit, a little over a year um, after after joining
0: many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year over year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing though, this database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month but you can go to gitlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month and look there's big people on the waiting list i mean the biggest vcs you've ever heard of you've probably heard of them they're big private equity billions and billions under management so it's an impressive waiting list go get on now at getlatka.com Guys, big news, last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, and I wanna show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com. Click the red button that says, install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com. Very cool. Bro, let's wrap up here with the famous five. You ready? Yeah. Number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: Um. Hmm. It's a good question. <laughs> so I, I think there's there's two really. Uh, you know, high output management by Andy Grove uh, is kind of a classic that that I love, and it's just like really to the point. Um, gives you a playbook to springboard from. Um, the other one that I also plugged that's not really, you know, a traditional business book is Who by Jeff Smart. It's a really great book on hiring. Hmm. Um kinda gives you a playbook and is like again super to the point.
0: Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying currently?
1: Um interesting. Um I like so I like Charlie Munger a lot. Uh, even though he's not the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, uh, his writing is consistently super knowledgeable and insightful. Uh, I feel like I, I learn a lot every time I, I read something by him. Um, yeah,
0: I was at their invest. You know, they did do the big thing in Omaha where him and Buffett get on stage and somebody asked Charlie, "Charlie, what do you think about artificial intelligence?" And he takes a bite of his you know brittle peanut sees candy swigs his swigs his coke and looks at the audience and goes well bo we need more artificial intelligence we don't have enough of the real thing <laughs> it's just like he says like the stuff and you're like well of course of, co- of course that's what we should do <laughs> all right number uh number three what's your favorite online tool like acuity scheduling
1: <laughs> uh so we do a fair amount of video chatting uh with the team and uh I am really a big fan of uh Zoom. Uh they're really good they build a really good product. And how
0: do you I mean why use them over GoToWebinar or Google Hangouts or some of these other ones?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh what I've found is Zoom uh tends to degrade in a very uh, nice manner so um you know basically if the connection's spotty or if something happens um you're still able to kind of keep going uh, and that's that's the thing i really like about them
0: interesting okay number four how many hours of sleep to get every night um seven to eight uh, that's pretty good then all right and what's your situation married single do you have kids uh not married uh but also not single yeah got it and no kiddos yet no kids all right and how old are you
1: 28.
0: All right, last question, Bo. Take us back eight years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew?
1: Hmm. Uh, that's, uh, that's a tricky question. It's, uh, a lot of it's kind of ex- shaped by my experience. So, um, There's a quote by, uh, I think it's, I, I don't know if it's actually by Bill Gates, but it gets attributed to him a lot. But uh, it's, most people overestimate what they can do in uh, one year, and they they underestimate what they can do in like five or ten years uh, and I, I found that like as you get older to be very true uh, and, and it's really like a, you've got to be patient and see things through and uh, that's, that's probably what I would try to hammer into myself uh, you know if I could go back.
0: there you guys have it bo started iac then jumped into privacy.com most people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in five be patient again he launched this idea in 2014 really publicly in 2015 they've now passed 50,000 users 3.5 million bucks raised with a team of 10 up in new york city doing between one and 10 million dollars in transaction volume per month and again they help you create individualized debit cards per merchant account you're checking out with online, be it Amazon, or not merchant account, but per merchant. So it could be Amazon, Nordstrom, or anything else. Beau, good luck, and thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's episode of Beau, go back and listen to Amanda yesterday. She sells to real estate agents by crowning them mayors and setting up digital online portals for each city across the country. She's grown from 700 grand to 6.4 million in ARR, that's annual recurring revenue, in under 12 months. So the question is,
1: will she exit?